On today's episode of Relationship Status, the team is joined by co-host of the Tangy T Podcast, Fatin. He joins the show and discusses how he got into radio and podcasting. The crew begins by talking about black-on-black crime and what do we think is the cause of it. They discuss the fractured family dynamic as well as the lack of a village. We continue the conversation by talking about conditioning and Fatin discusses transparency in a marriage. They then talk about cheating, flirting, and hidden agenda. They close out this part of a two-part episode by talking about how to give compliments and how should we receive them. Here's Neek CL and Yusuf with guest Brother Fatin. Welcome back to Relationship Status. I am your host, C.L. Butler. I'm Neat Cruz. And your boy, Yusuf in the building. And remember, you can catch us on all podcast platforms. If you want to join the conversation, email us, podcast at gmail.com. And we're back for another week uh, doing what we do, how we do, every which way we can. How's the week, Neat? Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. So far, so good. So far, so good. But you, see, I'm great. Doing very well. We have a being productive. Any greetings? For, you know, no, uh, no, no, no greetings. No, just regular old smackle me. No. Just regular. Ni how? Ni how? That could be. Ni how? <laughs> That's today's. Nee. Or ni cow? Ni cow? Ni cow? Ni cow? Ni cow? Neek's been back. Two shows in Neek's been back. PTO maxed out, man. Maxed out. Maxed out. She did max out. She's trying to get a referral. I ain't get the welcome back music no. with Maze or no, um, no, welcome no, back don't Carter. Give me you don't need no. We, gotta get some we gave you an applause. We you did. You gave me an applause. applause. We get some welcome back three in a row. Three in a row. We get the three in a row. We get yeah. some. How, how, how are you today? Man, I'm doing good, man. How are you? Got my ginger tea. I'm having a good time. You didn't offer anyone else a ginger tea? Nah, came from the crib. I only had one with me. I said offer. See, but, that's, that's, like the part, that's the part people don't miss. It's the offer. We it's might. The offer. It might not matter that you had any, but you didn't even be. You weren't even said, considered hey, enough. Since I'm going to be around y'all, I'm yeah. bringing some ginger tea. You're Would right. you like some? You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the difference when when we moved into act to a, a studio. Because when yes. we be at the house, you, you know, I could fry up some wings, uh, have yeah. some food and some snacks. and you The know. hot sauce. Yeah, the hot <laughs> sauce, yeah. You know. just, despite it just being over a year since then. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's been over a year. It's more than over a year. But yeah. that's just a, it's been over a year. Yeah, but that's just so, still like some nostalgia. No, no, no nostalgia. No nostalgia. No nostalgia. You okay. don't miss it? It's different. I don't miss the drive. Oh, I miss the drive either. I don't miss the drive. I don't miss the drive at all. He with, had a drive. With with the person that has the drive now, I do miss it. Oh, I apologize. I still have to drive. Yeah. Like, no, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm the only person that doesn't have to. But it's, yeah, it's nah, still it's, a drive. It's all right. It's worth it to okay. be in this uh, wonderful place, this space that we have now. Mm-hmm. Um, and we and also in this wonderful space is uh, we have a guest, uh, a man of many, many talents, many different shows, mm-hmm. radio, podcasts, uh, Facebook Live Tangy T. Um, we have a uh, for team. How you doing for team? I'm doing good. I just must say thank you, thank you, and it's good to see 
uh, Nick up, up <laughs> close and personal, mm-hmm. you know. And I, I, this is paining me right now. To my brother to my left, man, he looked like a pretzel. <laughs> <laughs> he, we both tall, so yes, he got to cross his legs so our knees don't bump. No, no, no. no. <laughs> yeah, I'm, a, I'm a leg crosser, though. Oh, yeah, you are. Yeah, a leg crosser. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I was going to, like, sit there and you sit here so that way y'all didn't, like... You comfortable? I'm Place. comfortable. We got plenty space here at Crux Media Studios. Uh, yeah, we got plenty space. <laughs> the, the chairs are just really close together. No, no, that's that's what it feels like. Oh, it it's is. an illusion. Oh, okay. So anybody illusion from five eleven to six eleven, there's plenty space for everybody. Mm-hmm. Everyone sounds. But good. yeah, so I'm good. I'm good. All right, I'm want to make sure. I'm good. Right, man, they, I'm he, good. He, he good. Yeah, yeah. He's always he, he always uh he always looks like that. Yeah, yeah. But I wouldn't I wouldn't let anybody make me uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, no, he would have just moved. Yeah, I just like, yeah. Well, he did try to move, but yeah. there's no headphones. Well, I didn't know there was no headphones there, but yeah. I was doing that more for your space, not yeah. to, I appreciate to make it, you comfortable. But I'm not crossing my legs. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, bro. Okay, wrong with that, man. <laughs> I love your energy already, man. I got to jump right on in there. Right, you yeah. good. So how'd you get into radio? Man, you know, I'll be honest with you, and not to make it a long story, um... I was listening to the radio. I'm a radio fan. Carry the big box in New York because I'm a New Yorker. I'm out of, I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. Radio and, Raheem? Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, like that. Okay. That's that's true. You know, Radio Raheem, carry the big box. Mm-hmm. And being a fan of radio, and I won a contest. When I won the contest, went to pick up my money, and there was a, so, the, the radio station had a softball team, and I played ball. Mm-hmm. So I wind up trying out, and I made the team. At the same time, I'm, working with Reverend Sharpton and other activists in New York City. And the news director was the manager of the team. And one day he needed to get Reverend Sharpton. I'm like, I'll get Reverend Sharpton for you. And I got him on the phone. And next thing he said, well, you want to volunteer? And I've been asking to volunteer for a long time. So I volunteered and a spot opened up for me to walk in as a producer. Now, at the same time, I'm working as a, 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 a data center manager in, in computer operations. Mm. But radio became like a passion for me. And then I got a chance to work. One of the co-hosts was James and Toomey, the late great mm-hmm. musician James and Toomey made Juicy Fruit and you know, Biggie sampled that. And I've been doing radio part-time for for that radio station for over 30 years. But then I was able to branch out and go national and produce Reverend Sharp, this nationally syndicated radio show too. So that's my full-time gig. And me and Reverend Sharpton have been rolling 17 years doing radio, but I've known him. My daughter's 30. I've known Reverend Sharpton about 33 years. Wow. So that's how I got into radio. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay, so so we'll get Reverend Sharpton on the show here. No, we got connections. Oh yeah! Oh wow! Mm-hmm. And you're also in the podcasting space. Podcasting space, of course. You know, I was uh, I came down here before the before, before the pandemic, and I met with I knew Tori. Tory that was at back then on ninety four point what ninety four seven magic yeah yeah, 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 yeah magic ninety four point three magic and matter of fact I was working with Isaac Hayes the late great Isaac Hayes and mm-hmm. I wind up giving them Isaac Hayes Angie Stone for interviews mm-hmm. you know down here so I was down here and Tory was doing a podcast that afternoon with Sister Veronica. Mm-hmm. And I said, could I come? And I was, they put me on the podcast. And from there, I was back up in New York, but we were Zooming it. And that's how I joined Tangy T 
with Veronica and then Victor yeah, and Nick is over here now, mm -hmm. you know. But yeah, that's how I joined the Tangy T. And then I relocated here, even though I'm back and forth in New York. I got a place in New York and I'm here, but this is my main place now. But I still work my New York radio and all of what I'm doing up there, and along with being on Tangy T down in, in the Carolinas. Well, welcome to South Carolina. My yeah. pleasure. Yeah, you have family here? Oh, yes, definitely. Okay. Yes, my mother was born in Darlington, then moved to Pamplico. My brother was born down here, went to Gibbs High School in mm -hmm. Pamplico and things like that. So my family's here. I have some New York uh, transplants that are down here in Florence now. Okay. So it made the transition well, you have one right easy. there next to you. Oh, you have two next to you. Mm-hmm. Need Cruz? Mm-hmm. You need mm -hmm. stuff English. <laughs> He was there a little longer than well, I was. Yeah, a little fellow New Yorkers. Oh, and I was just in New York. I knew me got some kind of. I, yeah. I, I, I was always drawn to her. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm not flirting with her. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, 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 but no. I was always drawn to her. I, it's something about her and some New York sisters that I no, got this. She's Afro Latino. That's what a lot. Oh, that's what it is. Yeah. And the days are the 66 and uh, 66 of Puerto Rican Day Parade yeah. in New York City. That's mm -hmm. right. Jesus. All right. Yeah. <laughs> she don't identify with her Puerto Rican side. Oh. I'm not Puerto Rican. You are. You can't speak Spanish. Oh, Dominican. Dominican. You, oh, we still can speak Spanish. Yeah, Buenos, I still don't. Buenos Tardes. <laughs> okay. I don't. You'll think I'll I'll speak oh. You don't know what Uno Dos Tres means? Yes. Okay. What's, what's that? <laughs> Como se llama? Como se llama? <laughs> you know what? <laughs> she don't know about that. I'm bilingual. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of you don't know that. Well, why y'all laughing? Because <laughs> what did y'all laugh? Because you're so ignorant. You can't even be. Because you stupid. He said he's about, I'm trilingual. Okay. Okay. No, I'm serious. Okay. I trying. speak English. I speak. I speak English. I speak Espanol. Okay. And I speak Arabic. Okay. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Nick is Arabic too. <laughs> <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy. Nick right up my alley. is oh, something from Arabic too. Nick is Asian. No, she is. Go ahead. Go Egyptian? ahead and listen. it. Ooh. And Afro-Latino, that's black and Latino. So she is Malaysian? What do you, you say that thing was? I didn't say nothing. Iranian? But let me know that y'all was having a conversation without me. No, <laughs> no, said, you was you? On, no, you was on B-Easy Show. You was on B-Easy Show when you said it. You was on DJ Blaze. Sarabian. 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 Bust her gun. You know what I'm saying? Oh, God. Y'all laugh. <laughs> okay. All right. This is getting uncomfortable. <laughs> it's getting uncomfortable for me. No, this no, is no, getting no. intriguing to me. Nick is something else now. I am Okay. Okay, Nick. We got to talk. Okay, yeah. Okay, get to know each other. Y'all want to get hard in no trouble. I'm waiting on my 23 and me. 23 and me. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You waiting on it? Yeah. All right. Right. Let us know. You gotta get the update when it comes. Yes, yes, yes. definitely. Yes. Yes. I gotta yes. see if I have any siblings. Okay, okay. That's, a, that's a good thing. <laughs> Getting your dad's business like that. Okay, so, uh, brother Fatim. Yes, sir. What is it that you would like to? We talked earlier. I said, you know, we like for our guests to come in with something that might be on their mind. Surprise us. What's on your mind that you might? Want? Well, you know, it's interesting because you know, we, me and Nick do the Tangy Tea, and we talk about relationships and things like that, and mm -hmm. that's something. But there's been something that's been bothering me, you know, and I kind of dropped it down here when I was here, and I just don't think that there is enough. Uh, I don't want to say local, but I'll say local and national attention 
on what we do to one another. And sometimes when I say what we do to one another, I'm talking about black on black or black to black crime. And I'm not just talking about what black men do to other black men. You starting to see the sisters disrespect and hurt and maim and do all this kind of stuff. And then you got social media out here. So that's, you know, and, 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 at times, I know that a lot of times you look at social media, people talking about relationships and different things, and rightfully so. I don't have a problem with it. But when it comes down to serious issues that m can make us better, it seems like we have a hard time and we run from it. We don't want to put the energy into it. And I just want to just, you know, kind of throw that out there and put the energy amongst yourself, you know, what we do. To one another because it becomes like it's episodic. It's like we look at the news. This black brother shot this other black brother. He killed this one. This sister stabbed this one. So and so. And it's like to the point it's a normal thing amongst us people of color. You understand? But then some of our national leaders. And I've even said it to Reverend Sharpton. And to Attorney Ben Crump. You're running to families police brutality racial situations doing the eulogies but are you assisting those in our community that are going through the same thing it's one thing to deal with it but it's one it's another thing to deal with it on a consistent basis because then people on the outside of our community can't question our motives when we talk about this overall oh okay well i, I believe the problem if I, if I had to come up with a solution it starts at the basic level. Mm -hmm. Oh, we don't treat each other well. Mm. Parents don't treat they. And sometimes younger younger people have kids early before they fully develop. Mm -hmm. So that's a little bit of the family breakdown. That seems to be the generation we're in now. Yeah. Um, so if we don't know how to treat each other at home, we definitely can't treat each other well in the streets. Mm -hmm. Like there's a lot of infighting amongst families. And so... We just got to get down to the basic level. The husband and the wife or the boyfriend, girlfriend, baby mama sometimes. Mm -hmm. and that could be a little problematic. Baby daddies too. Well, uh, yes, yeah, just the baby daddy, baby mama culture seems to be more mm -hmm. popularized in the married or let's get married culture. Mm -hmm. And it's, I don't know, we, we make... Um, we make macaroni in the microwave now. So mm -hmm. <laughs> people do like everything's instant. Just mean to get instant. You do it too. You no, I don't. Okay. But it's just so instant now. So we've tried to fix everything instantly when it's really a problem that starts at the grassroots level, just how we treat each other day to day. And we got to personalize a little bit. We personally have to take responsibility for how we treat each other. Mm -hmm. And we're the misunderstanding Kings and Queens of America. Cause I agree we, with that. We go to war about misunderstanding. I agree with that. You <laughs> it's know, <a> war. <laughs> somebody said to me a while back ago that you know, don't call yourself a god or a goddess or a king or a queen. That we come from that. Yeah, that's nice that we come from that. Let other people give you that title the way you carry yourself. Mm -hmm. And you hit a, 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 a great point. And you look at a lot of problems. That's why we don't have to just limit this to crime. And but you just said it starts at home. How do we treat? One another. But I've also seen good parents. I've seen good parents that their offsprings are horrible. Well, I think the, a part of that is, I think it's just like what Seal's saying, the, the microwave culture. Like, the kids, all these kids have phones. Mm -hmm. And what's mostly glorified on social media and everything else is the violence. 
So the kids are seeing it. Like the parents might not even know that the kid is watching this on a MacBook, tablet, or a phone that they are glued to daily. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, sometimes people have good parents, but sometimes the tablet or the phone keeps the kid occupied. So now the parents can do whatever they need to do. And so that, that screen time is not, I would say it's, it's not monitored. It's not monitored or stuff like that. But then and are so, they good parents then? I would say that they still, they still are just because I, I, I just don't know. That, if I could call them a bad parent. I would still say that they're good parents in the sense of, um, maybe they may not be paying attention because there's all parents don't pay attention to something. There's a point where you didn't pay attention to something. You don't have everything covered. Mm-hmm. There's just no way for it. There's no perfect parent. Well, so sometimes it's what works for you. Great parent is something I put a question mark beside because mm-hmm. we, or yeah. good. We have different notions. Perceptions of, what that is. of yeah, and I think mine is if a tablet's raising your child, I don't know if that falls on a good parent. Yeah, well, okay, think, well, then, okay, well then I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. I think now, Neek's question is a great question because I agree with Neek. If it, 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 even though I don't want to answer a question with a question, but her question is legit because if good parenting means you're parenting. Mm-hmm. That means I can be your friend, but I can be your parent. And I hear some parents say, well, I'm not your friend. You can be a person. My, my wife was a friend with my with our daughters. She mm-hmm. passed in April. So, But she was a friend with them. Mm-hmm. But she drew that line where it came to discipline. I was the one that disciplined a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But she disciplined, and they knew how far to push mommy but they also knew that they could go to mommy on anything because she opened that door and she said the reason why i opened that door because my mother her mother didn't have that door open and it was certain things that she fell into that if she could have went to her mother she could have probably gotten better advice of dealing with that so that helped because i'm telling you my daughters would go to her and let me tell you one thing that she did and i don't want to put her on a pedestal but if my kids did something wrong and they went to her, she didn't hide it from me. But she made sure that she kept that open relationship. So parenting, I think a lot of people, because we can have kids mm-hmm. and we're adults, we call ourselves parents because that's what we yeah, inherit that title. But we're not parents if you don't know how to parent. And especially if you don't come from good parenting. Sometimes, how do you learn about good parenting if you don't come from it and don't see it? Well, well first of all, sorry for your loss. Thank you, brother. Um, I would, I'm going to use my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad basically left home when he was 13, okay. 14 years old, been on his own. A lot of harsh parenting, never good parenting. Mm-hmm. So he married my mother, who I would say had better parents than maybe, because he didn't have his dad at all. Dad lived down the street from him. So he was wise enough to listen to her. Not that he didn't try crazy stuff because he thought like beating you with a bag over your head was regular discipline. My mom was like, are you crazy? Like, who's like five? Like, what's wrong with you? So at some point we have to be wise enough to listen to other people. And we don't do a lot of that. It's a lot of breakdowns between just people and people. And you don't know my child. I don't have to know your child. And I grew up with, and I talk about often, I grew up with the village. a village, mm-hmm. uncles. I could go to my uncles or my grandma or my granddad. 
Your daddy don't know nothing about women. He got lucky with your mama. He don't come here. We talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> he don't know. He got lucky. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was always somebody you can go to. Mm-hmm. So that sense of community, family, mm-hmm. has just been some broken. It's just us four and no more. Don't say nothing to my child. Yeah, I agree. But that, yeah, like, I got fussed that by, I was like, oh, my God. This don't even make no sense. Now like, people talk to me about acting up in school. Maybe I should just behave. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, it used to be like when you went to school, you were scared to act out because that teacher knew your parent. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now it's like, call them. I don't care. <laughs> I, I ain't never said that. <laughs> well, not, no, I'm telling you, and, and, you know, like working working now. in the school system, kids now, mm-hmm. the they know that they have the power. That mm-hmm. they, that administration, if a parent comes up there and raises enough cane, mm-hmm. administration is going to back down. Mm-hmm. Okay. So if you got a parent, because most parents don't go, go don't go up there. Mm-hmm. So if a parent takes the time out to go up there and it's just this one kid mm-hmm. or these two or three kids, them kids know. Mm-hmm. They know their parent going to come up there and they're going to be out in that trouble. Mm-hmm. And within minutes. I'm going to call my mom to come up here. And I'm going to call my mom to come up here. And come up there. Oh, this didn't work. I'm gonna go to the district office. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. especially in small towns. Oh, what well, district office? No, my uncle on the board. Yep. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and talk to this board member. And now it goes back down the chain, and the kids back in school. Mm-hmm. So, it, it where like you said, CL, there's a breakdown in the village aspect, and the and I don't even think it's just the aspect. It's the belief of it because some people don't believe in it. You can't talk to my child. Is the belief system that an adult who knows better, yeah, do knows more, mm-hmm. is trying to tell your kid, hey, that's the wrong thing to do. You don't need to do that, and you're mad at him for telling your child what's right, right from wrong. Mm-hmm. And so I think that that's what it is. It's not only the breakdown of the village, but the breakdown is predicated in people not believing in the village. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. You say that in. One of the things that, and y'all may laugh at this, but this was my philosophy, mm-hmm. is that I watched, you know, as a kid, I watched Happy Days. And you Good had yeah, Richie Cunningham, who was the straight-A student, but you had Fonzie, who was the dropout, mm-hmm. but he had cool. Real cool. And he was real cool, and he had respect. Even though he was a gang member, he was, yep. had the respect. But what did he always tell Richie, if I could do it all over, I would do it like you. Mm-hmm. Because you have a parent, you have this, you have that. So what I did is I looked at both characters and I merged them. I merged them and that's what I became. So I wore my hat backwards, but I was in the top class. I was the captain of the baseball team, but I still was cool. Mm-hmm. I took that and when I became a parent, I knew I was a parent to my two daughters, but I also knew the bigger responsibility, as you talk about the village and the community, Mm -hmm. is that I was kind of a parent to other kids in the community that had parents. Mm -hmm. So when the parents would see me with my hat backwards, they would judge me until they got a chance to realize who I roll with, who I'm I'm meeting with the mayor, I'm talking with the mayor. When I go into work, they see me in a suit. But when I'm going to the school to pick up my kids, sometimes I got the, my jeans are hanging off my backside, but I had the sneakers, I got the gear mm-hmm. on and whatever. So I realized I could get to the bad kids by them looking up to me as being cool. He understands. He can relate to us. Because once I can convert them, Mm-hmm. I can have them convert the other bad kids and then that they, they, that they can relate with the good kids and realize, hey, I still can be looked up to, but I can do the right thing. 
So that's how I learned that you sometimes got to speak their language. You help people out of the quicksand. You don't let them pull you into the quicksand. Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? So that's what I learned. Even to today, you know, people may see me dressed like this, but they don't know. And I don't like the name drop. But then if I do name drop, they be like, oh, you. That's, that's what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, sometimes you got to go and meet people where they're at. And a lot of kids, as you saying, don't have the parenting, but us that have children and cousins and whatever, and we understand this philosophy, if we can get into their head and they look up and respect, because I realize if someone fears you, they'll put a bullet in the back of your head. If they respect you, they'll tell you, yo, something getting ready to go down, get on out of here. So it's about respect. And you can get the troublemaker to the, the, the president of the, of, of, of the United States, if they respect you, then you can get things done. Okay. Yeah, I to, agree. To, to piggyback on what you said and talking about, when talking about this, the village, like, and reaching those kids, I know growing up for me, the, the drug dealers and, the, and those guys, they weren't going to let you do a lot of that stuff as a kid. Like they wouldn't. They, they just didn't let you do it. Mm-hmm. If you was somebody, so good drug somebody was hooping. <laughs> nah, they just be like, nah, no, nah, good drug nah, like no, I grew up uh, around good drug dealers. <laughs> no, because you know, clearly I did. Now after, now after That's you true. graduate, if you still out in these streets, nah, 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 nah. to the streets with you. But I'm just saying, I had it like if you, if, you know, if you bass, if you was hooping and they caught you smoking weed, beat your ass, on, beat you on the spot. Boom, hey man, you get up out of here. That's right. You know, like nah, this ain't nah, this ain't what you want. This ain't what you're going to do. Now after you graduate. At that point, they're like, "Oh, you want to make some money?" You know. At that point, mm-hmm. but before then, they tried to have you not go down. I know the guys I came in contact with; they tried to help you not go down that path. Right. Mm-hmm. And the issue now, I I believe, is everybody's ushering these kids down bad path down the path. Like, oh, you ain't got no dad, and you're looking for somebody, and they out here, and this is the person that you relate to. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, nah, yeah, you could smoke this weed. You could you could drink. You can this, you can that. No problem, man. You around me, don't worry about it. We ain't, I ain't gonna tell your mama nothing. So they condone the bad behavior. You having sex yet? You know, they're condoning that stuff and then ushering the kids down this path of, which ends in violence at times. Because a lot of times these kids shooting each other. It ain't no, it ain't 14, 15 year old okay. beef. It's, it's something that happened higher up that's kind of well, made its way down that way. I may have a little pushback on that. Okay. Aren't those people necessary? Because we say community. Mm-hmm. Respect is key. But we say community. I think you got to have the yin and the yang, the good and the bad. For to decisions be to be made? Yeah, because I had adults tell them, tell, and this, I don't know if this profited a prophecy, but it was like, you can't hang with him. He going to jail. And we was like 11, 12 years old. He going to jail. Your mama, your grandma, your dad don't let you do that. You need to go into the aisle. You can't stand on this corner. Yeah, but you can't do this or that. So, but these weren't necessarily good people. Some of them were very bad. Like I had a drug dealer who I didn't know he sold drugs until I saw it on the news. I was like, why they, why they taking Steve to jail? (laughs) It's crazy. (laughs) How we gonna get like come to the ice cream truck? By all the ice cream, everybody, everybody get ice cream. Oh yeah, you at the court hooping. I'm going to buy everybody pizza. It's like they're taking this good man to jail. Mm-hmm. 
But this man was a terrorist, a domestic terrorist. <laughs> this man was shooting at people, <laughs> getting people pregnant. Like he was wow. Wilding. Oh, he was really wilding. But it had no idea. So I think he was a good person. He's out of jail now. I think he's a good person, but he had a lot of bad circumstances. He was a bad person too, but it was necessary to see both. Mm-hmm. And right now we just glamorize the terrible. Yeah. The most. But it's glamorized for them. Yeah. Like you said, it is. Yeah, but it's, I don't know. Maybe I can sum this up. Maybe I think all this had a problem when everybody started getting a trophy. There was no first, second, third. Participation like, trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. Everybody gets a trophy. Um, you said something real quick, and I had a question for Nick, but uh-huh. just to comment on that. There are good people that have bad habits. Bad habits, yeah. See, and then, there, and then there are people that have bad personality, have a bad personality or personality defects, mm-hmm. and they pretend to be good. i give you an example. Okay. All right? So... This is not a broad brush to the church folks, people. I'm just giving you an example. So Miss Mabel goes to church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. She goes to church, hallelujah, thank God, praise Lord, this, that, and the other. But as soon as she come home, she yells at the kids, she yells at the grandkids, she backbites, she's talking about people. Mm-hmm. You understand? But she calls herself a godly woman. People look at her, oh, she goes to church, she's married, this, that, and other, but she has that personality defect because it's not a bad habit, it's that she needs to be a better person. Mm-hmm. Then you got, let's just say John, who's an alcoholic, mm-hmm. but he gives you his last, he helps people. He has a bad habit, but he's a good person. And at times, sometimes we misconstrue this. That's why you have to listen to the message. Not the message. There you go. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. right sometimes because we get caught up sometimes in the messenger instead of the message that is being delivered at the end of the day. You've heard before where parents say this hurts me more than you or don't do, do what I, I do. Do as I say. Do as I say, not mm-hmm. as I do. That's what fits that, you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to bring that question to you, Nick. You're a parent, you mm-hmm. know, at the end of the day. And the reason why I bring it to you, we all could be parents in here. Mm-hmm. The reason why I'm not picking on you, but you to being a, a mother mm-hmm. and you have cubs or cubettes. You have two sons or two, two girls. Two girls, so cubettes. You got cubettes there. You know, what do you feel in a sense of, and, and not feel, but what do you, I don't want to say what you're doing, but how do you feel with so much social media out here, the climate that we're in today? Um, I don't see the kind of respect. Even the Southern hospitality is not quite the same as when I used to come down here as a teenager or as a, as a youth. Mm-hmm. I don't see it. What do you feel for your children? Oh, well, first and foremost, I surround my children around people. I don't mind them growing up to be like, mm-hmm. so in my circle, in my village, I have teachers. I have older people and not just family, mm-hmm. like family, family. I have neighbors, um, things of that nature to help me raise my children. Even if I, you know, if their dad was around a lot, I would still have these people. So, like, when my child goes to school, she has a teacher that she knows she can go to if she has an issue. Mm-hmm. It's not just me. It's not, oh, I got to call my mom or oh, I got to handle this or I can't talk to somebody like she has somebody to talk to that's going to make her feel comfortable. That's not going to take advantage of her. And that's going to help her get the help that she need. And that's in any school. Both of my children go to 
they have a school mom. Well, they had a school mom at their elementary school. Um, they have a school mom at the middle school that they're going to. Um, and we'll see what happens when high school comes around. But these people go with them. Even after they leave, they still go with them. They still keep in contact with them. Mm-hmm. Hey, how you doing in school? Hey, you know, I'm going to come. They'll even ask me, like, hey, I'm going to come and get the girls, and we're going to go to, and keeping them active into things that I wouldn't know, you know, even have access to. So I just surround them about around people that I don't mind them being like. Mm. But they never come to the studio and hang out with me. Carly wants to. I take that personally. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, do, do we... I think kids stop getting beaten. I think that's a turning point in society. Mm, do you believe in that? Do I, do. In that? I, do. I do. I do. I do. I believe it takes a village. Yep. At least I felt like I was gonna get in trouble. I get beaten. I'm like, man, listen. I mean, I, I, I believe in it. I mean, I, I right dealt with that correction. with my daughters. But I'm gonna tell you, when I got older, I when my parents started punishing me, I said, "Oh, oh, this ain't good," because I take the whipping. Because I whip and take your backside outside i'm mm-hmm. like i'm back outside everybody got beatings back yeah. then but when they say punishment. Whip, punishment and i can't go outside and we were I, yo we was outside at eight years old as a kid yeah, yeah, in new yeah. york yeah so when i when my parents that's when i really started to straighten up because i could take a ass cut excuse me yeah, but yeah. that's how i could take it but at the end of the day if i gotta hear my friends outside and i gotta hit the ice cream truck and i gotta be two inside weeks. <laughs> two weeks. and watch tom and jerry yeah no nah, this ain't working yeah, but i'm baby. saying I, I think the beating works to a point I, think, mm-hmm. well, I'm, I hate to say it like that. Non-abusive. Spanking. Non-abusive. They like to call it spanking. You, you don't think that works? The word beaten? No, like, no, you don't think it works. Spankings. No, spankings? Oh, no, I, no, I believe it early. Wholeheartedly. Like early on. Popping. early? Like popping. Now you got hit hard. No, no, no. I, I think, and then the <laughs> threat. Because after hard. a certain, cause after a certain point. Hit, you're not hitting hard enough. Oh, no. Listen to me. Actually, after a certain point, mm-hmm. I'm hitting hard enough because after a certain point, it ain't hurting. It's the threat. It's the threat of it because then they start to, oh, I, I just okay, I got you. And then the punishment comes in at that point when they, as they get a little bit older, 12, 13, Nope, give me your phone. Nope, no this, no that. Them. You got to stay inside. Nope, no this, no that. At that point, they understand because I think early they don't really, you know, they ain't really the punishment to a seven year old is. You know, you can't but, get out your bed. But psychiatrists, you know. psychiatrists, psychologists, sociologists say that that kind of, again, I believe in it that and I practice it, but I didn't do it as much, but I did. But they say that is conditioning. Mm-hmm. And we take that into adulthood. I'm probably older than all of y'all here. So I watch my parents. Mm-hmm. I watch my uncles. They fought, bro. My parents, and I'm not proud to say this, but they fought. They made up. They fought. My, my, you know, my father came home late. He got a wearing a patch because my mom's hit him with a skillet. Okay. You understand? My father got mad and threw a bottle at the wall and it cracked and my mom's had to get stitches. They did this and it seemed to be kind of normal. To now we see that this conditioning is taken into our adulthood, adulthood that which you talk about this on the show, on mm-hmm. the Tangy T show, about how we talk to people and some people feel that if I put my hand on you, maybe you'll get that message. And even though you, I've seen even some people been smacked, man and woman, and they be like, you know what, well, I deserve that because I, I effed up. 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what person this no, is. No, no, I've seen it. <laughs> no, they, 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 they may not see it at that yeah, moment, yeah, 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 but yeah, down yeah, the road, yeah. they'd be like, you know, I walked in this house four o'clock in the morning. I know I ain't no damn bro walking and she in she punched me. Yeah, or vice versa. You understand what I'm saying? No, you're not right. It ain't right, but but that's the conditioning when we say we start to be disciplined, physical discipline. You think getting Beating to this child's a direct correlation of that? I'm just telling you what, how did I start this off? I said psychiatrists, psychologists, sociologists yeah. say that. And I have to say, well, definitely back in opinion. the day, my opinion, yeah, your opinion, I think some people have carried that on, that they feel that by putting their hand on someone is a way of conditioning or putting down their authority. Yes, I okay. believe some people do believe in that. A lot of people believe in that. They probably never had beat up before. Oh, because so, you got because we're fighting. I I don't know about I know a lot of people out here just beat up everybody. Mm-hmm. Nah, I got but beat until you guys beat or handled a little bit by somebody else, I done lost. What's nice and humbling, boy? Like, <laughs> nah, I bet not grab him no more. I lost one fight and I learned my lesson. <laughs> like, that I don't fight. Like I'm I'm cool on that. So mm-hmm. everything can't be a fight. Mm-mm. It shouldn't be. Yeah, yeah. You need to talk to him. He's should See, you know, love and again, I can't speak. I only yeah, can speak yeah. for myself. Yeah. You know, I realize what love and like is, and you know, sometimes you can be with somebody and you don't like them. Wow. I'm not saying that you hate them. Don't let. But when you really are compassionate about someone, mm-hmm. you know, I don't really, I don't want to see you hurt. You understand? I think when it comes down to relationships now we go into relationships mm-hmm. when there's a lot of disrespect you're dealing with emotions I'm, i talked to matter of fact me and he had this conversation the other day and i didn't I, I i can use myself as an example i don't hide anything when my first wife not the one that passed my first wife she threw a vase at me and miss miss we fought okay. cops call cops call everything mm-hmm. and you know do i regret it you know I mean, I hate that I had to put my hand on it, but you know better than throwing a damn vase at me, but I was 20-something years old. I don't want to sit here and say I knew better, but that was the conditioning that I was raised up. My wife that passed, she had sickle cell. She was sickly. Mm-hmm. I never want to see her. I saw her hurt just through living life, through pain from sickle cell crisis. Mm-hmm. So I never wanted to do anything that caused her, phys- especially physical pain. Mm. You understand what I'm saying? But people can push you to a point that your rage, you can't control your rage to the point that you get physical with them. Well, I don't believe that. You don't? I, I believe you always control. I don't believe that all the time. Well, the reason I say that is because anything you do, you have to think of first. You should. No, you do. But what if you enrage? You still thought of it first. Okay. It's a thought first. Okay. Anything that happens is a thought first. Now, for a person to... Cause I'm not a person who gets. I can't say I get angry. Oh, so when I walked out there and just first meeting you and I would have smacked you in your face, what would you have done? We would have. Oh, okay. Damn you, right. You, you that's that's you, what I'm saying. But, but the difference is, and you'd been backing out that door. I wouldn't have been mad with you. I wouldn't have been enraged. Because mm. first, I'm like, he must be crazy. <laughs> That's the first thing. Like, he must be like, why is it? I didn't do nothing to him. He wilding. Yeah, he wilding. Now we're fighting is different than me being mad with you. Okay. Because maybe, let's say that happens, mm-hmm. and then you walk in here and tell me something traumatic just happened to you, mm-hmm. or I thought you was that person. 
I might could understand that. Mm. Somebody like you just robbed me five minutes ago. Same color shirt, same shoes, same. Thing. And I thought it was you. Mm. I was like, well, I, it wasn't me, but I do understand. So there's still a little bit of compassion and sympathy there. With a with a swollen and yeah, two yeah, teeth yeah, on yeah, the yeah, ground. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe leaking a little bit too. <laughs> Go ahead and just get it all and get it all wrapped up. But right. there's still I don't believe in like you can get you get so mad you just shoot up everybody. There's no such thing. Mm. To me. Now maybe I'm wrong, but you cannot possibly You, you be married? Mad. I am not married. Okay. Cause you was married for five years. And you left work. I don't feel well. I go home and your wife legs up in the air with somebody else. I've seen somebody kill, well, kill the the perpet not the perpetrator, the guy, and got off because involuntary um, insanity I, at that temporary moment. Temporary insanity. I do, right. I do believe that could happen. Mm-hmm. And if it was in my house, it might happen. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I still wouldn't say I'm crazy because I've thought about that. If I catch it, oh, you got to get it. I thought about that before. Mm-hmm. Not being married. Now, if I call her at a hotel and we not, sometimes you got to chalk up to the game, baby. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the game. But you had the house that we pay mortgage on. Yeah, you wild. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different level of disrespect. Di- yeah, you have taken your disrespect to the highest point. That's what I'm saying. You, you couldn't even get, get a hotel. He can't even get a room. <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, it's kind of just all this work though. I got to do, and he gonna get it for free at my house. Nah. Well, that's what I'm yeah, saying. Y'all have, to go. Everybody, y'all have to go. Everybody has a a, a point, a yeah. threshold that mm-hmm. you can get pushed over. I think so. I, I agree with you there, but I just don't believe in. I just lost my mind. Yeah. I just, or especially when things aren't um that traumatic, mm-hmm. and you like, <laughs> we have a friend. <laughs> Somebody can cut him off in the road, and he is cursing. <laughs> Like, what is wrong? He's such a nice guy. <laughs> like, you, why are you cursing this much? Yeah. Goes nuts for about one minute. And then back to normal. And just back to normal. I like, I mean, it just may happen. frustrated in that instant. Road rage. I think this is what he's trained himself to do. Because nothing should make you that mad. And I don't think what? he's mad because he goes back to normal. This may happen five times in a conversation. <laughs> like, I, five I times, think like. kind of taught. Huh? I do think that's kind of taught. No. Just how to handle certain situations. Okay, but I think that leads you to being out of control. Mm-hmm. If you keep practicing that, practicing that, and this just escalates. It's kind of like I don't drink, so this is my thoughts on drinking. If you start drinking, you're only gonna drink more because it's gonna take more and more. I don't know people who just level off. I do. Okay, I'm not saying you don't. Because I got drunk once, and I don't like the feeling. All my uncles were alcoholics on my de- my mom's side, mm-hmm. right? Good people, working people, successful people, all drunks, right? So if you start it, at some point, you have the capacity of getting drunk. But if you never start, you never have to worry about getting drunk. That's true. So I just kind of cut the middleman. Like, I'm just not going to drink. Okay. Hmm, that's so so if you don't start practicing something, mm-hmm. it won't escalate. You practice cursing people out, it gets easier. And easier. That's true. You practice mistreating people, it gets easier. easier So you answered my question. So conditioning. So it goes back to what I said. You getting beat as a kid and you see your parents fight. That's a conditioning after time over and over. Now, what you're saying, since we have Will, Mm -hmm. 
that you have control when you grow up, even though you went through this yeah, and you saw it, it you don't have, it. To you have to start it, but you got to realize that that condition is still in your subconscious oh, and you. your conscious. I, I have drunk before. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it. This is no, this is, has to be hereditary. You're not supposed to get this much pleasure out of drinking. <laughs> I see why they're alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> you understand? I understand, but I only had had six uncles die of cirrhosis of liver. It shouldn't have took six people, because if six people die, I shouldn't have never tried. I probably haven't drunk since I was 18 or 19 years old. Right. But seeing them. Lose their families, jobs, pensions, careers, be down to nothing, living back at their mama house. I should have never even tried it. But you said, I, I don't even. No, no, go ahead. You talk about the pleasure from the drinking thing, right? Oh, I felt good. Right. So, it was like this. So, I don't need much. Like, I don't, you just, you just went oh, right dude. on. You went on to the next train track. Dr- drugs, anything. Sex. That, let's talk about it. Same thing with sex. sex. Same, same thing with sex. And, and that. That's what I was trying to say on certain shows, that sex is such a strong emotion. Absolutely. It will cause you to effort. People say, well, how do you, you, you married, I love you. I keep telling you, some people, that don't make a difference. They still love you. But that desire and that strong emotion that they get from sex and enjoyment, well, they, they will lose the world. Well, they need to talk to somebody. somebody. I ain't gonna <laughs> but I'm just saying it's the same way that you said what you said about drinking. No, I said the feeling, but I saw the same it. thing with feeling and sex. I, yeah, I saw, I saw the fact, I saw how it felt mm-hmm. or felt how it felt and but understood so how somebody can be an alcoholic. And I can understand how somebody could be a sexaholic. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, just to kind of put this out here in the open, because I hear, you know, I hear this, especially from women. He couldn't love me if he cheated. Because y'all want to throw it at us, man, that we the only ones cheat, even though it goes with the women. But but they want to throw it at us like this. But, you know, and I was discussing this with my wife till one day I saw Daryl Strawberry doing the 60 minutes <laughs> and he talked about how he relapsed into to drugs because he thought he was cured when he kicked it the first time and he said i didn't realize I, that once an addict always, always, an, addict. An, addict. always an addict and he said i just wasn't a, a, a addict for drugs he said i was a sex addict i dropped the the, the whatever in my hand i told my Why? wife come here and watch this because i've been telling you that there's a lot of people that are addicted to sex that you think do things Mm-hmm. that you think they don't love you and they still may love you, but their addiction is so strong that they can't control it. I'm not making it a cop-out, but it's a reality. So and you, we need to look so at that. So you're saying because Daryl Strawberry may have been addicted to sex. He that's said the he reason, was. Okay, that's the reason he cheated on many women. Um, he mentioned in his interview what he was addicted to, and he admitted that. I mean, it came out later that... In Ron Darling's book, his teammate, former teammate, stated that Daryl said doing innings, he would have the ball boys pick out girls to have sex in the tunnel. So what I'm saying is to piggyback off of Daryl Strawberry because it's not about Daryl Strawberry. It's about people because it's not just about men. It's about men and women that we see people step out of their relationships. And there's numerous reasons people step out of their relationships. Mm -hmm. 
So you but saying, a lot of so people don't feel that 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 a person don't love you. They can love you, but still could be addicted to sex or for their own selfish reasons. Well, I, I won't. <laughs> I won't say addiction mm. because you have to get it from somebody else, and mm. and it's usually not like crack where you can just go buy it and smoke it. <laughs> you got to do something to get the sex. Yeah. Okay. It ain't that many just women you, just dropping out. You can just you. do it to yourself. Well. I wouldn't call that a sex addiction because that's yeah. not sex. But you're you're fiending for that pleasure. I understand. And that pleasure could be had any way. It okay. doesn't have to involve but another person. To speak, if Daryl Strawberry was here or mm-hmm. for his wife or mm-hmm. one of his wives, mm-hmm. if he just played with himself, she would be much happier <laughs> than playing with other women. <laughs> yeah. So I'm talking about what you get from other people, not necessarily what you do to yourself. Because that is personal. And who's going to know? Who's going to tell? Because some people, some people... Addicted to sex Some people are addicted To the chase Oh yeah. damn right It's a game it's, it's, Some people are addicted To the hunt of I think okay, one, I think it. the hunt Is more addicted Than the sex Cause sometimes When she has sex You're like eh. <laughs> Yeah <laughs> And then it's, then it's like Yo I'm On to the next The hunting Sometimes that The the I guess the satisfaction From the catch mm-hmm. And it's like A catch and release Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, we here now. All right. Because once yeah. you get it, once you get, and you guys, again, I'm barbershop talk here, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Is that you know a lot of times once we get it, man. After that, we we want to throw you out the window. We don't, we don't care no more. You know what I'm well, saying? Well, that's what it's you're reality saying. So, is. so it isn't. Maybe sometimes it's not a sex edition. It's just it's a, the chase. It's, it's the chase. It's the yeah. let me see if I can still do it. And for some guys, that's it right there. Yeah. Yeah, but do I still got it? Let me see if I still got it. Yeah, but you know that's not necessary. That's an imbalance inside you. That's something no, wrong inside. Totally you. agree. Yeah, totally agree with yeah. that. But I think that, especially for some that have been like long, long time relationships and marriages or whatever, mm-hmm. sometimes that feeling comes upon them. Like, let me see if I still let me see no. if I can still get out here. Nah, that, that's, that's that's. Let me see if I still got it. I, I would. I would. I disagree. You don't. You don't think that some people's thoughts? Man, everybody has thoughts. You don't. I don't know your thoughts. No, I'm not saying they should act on it. I'm just saying that they're if you wrong sit for there their and actions. Focus on it. You will. They, be they, they're wrong for their actions. Why do you still need to see if you still got it? No, oh, I don't know. I know I got. it. I'm just asking. No, just said, just no, have a conversation. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not I'm, accusing you. But to answer your question, I come from the love era. So in the 70s, the, the late 60s and the 70s, when I'm 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 a kid, but I'm a kid, but I'm watching the records. Men that didn't even have a rap game could buy a record and put Absolutely. a record on and let that record talk for them. I like, like, just, and I have total much respect for Neek. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. But just looking at her, I would love to put a smile on her face. So any female I come across, okay, yeah. I like to put a smile on the face, even if it's something very minor. Hey, I like the way your hair is today. Just to just make them feel good. That's But that's toxic max, mas, masculinity now. That is. That I told is? him that. <laughs> that is? Hey, that's, they, a, they said that's, that to a, charge. that's a charge now. <laughs> tell a woman what? to smile? Yeah. What? You don't yeah, tell I like, a woman I, to do not, What I'm saying is I like to put a, I like to make people smile. No, you said people and you said women. Women. Yeah. Well, I'm but talking women. about I, I, I ain't yeah, walking yeah. up to you and trying to make you smile. If you did that coming Dude, in the I'm, door, I would have definitely backed that, up. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm 200% heterosexual. I'll give you an example. Again, I hear a lot of women some women not a lot of women some women say you know i don't get complimented i don't know how to get complimented 
And some men don't know how to compliment. So I, it's not on my shoulders to do that. But at the end of the day, if I see a sister, you know, with the hair that nice and they, they took the time to look good, I can give them a compliment and don't have no hidden agenda behind it. Hey, I like those braids, sister. They're really working at today. And keep it moving. I come out of New York, so that's how we roll. Oh, I, I don't. I'm not allowed to give women compliments. <laughs> well, I do. Yeah, yeah, I'm, not, I'm, not. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I've accepted it. <laughs> and, I, and I might be. And I've succumbed. I might, and, 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 I, and, and I've been told that it's part of the flirtation nature of myself, and I agree. Okay. I agree with okay. that. I agree with that. Okay. But I, I enjoy it, but I'm not always doing it for the chase. And then my female cousins who helped school me, mm-hmm. they told me, and they specifically got on me about down here, they said that when you do that, you're sending a message to women, even though you in your head don't want to go no further, you are possibly sending a message that you do want to go further. But that is a message. I don't look at it like that all the time. <laughs> he just be flirtatious and don't realize what he's causing. Oh, Cause there was a moment when me and yourself should just left the room. I was like, oh, oh, "What's going on here? Hey, yeah. hey, yeah, it was like, hey, don't leave me. Do hey, let's get out of here. Let's get out of here. I don't know. <laughs> so this is the first time they all met in person, so it was like, nah, I mean, in person, but yeah, we know person, each other. But just, yeah, from the yeah, other show, yeah, yeah. Not, not the other show, Tangy T of Life, right, right, right. Um, now when we talk about men and women. Way we relate. You're right. That should be something you should do without it meaning something. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Because I had a girl one time tell me that she told a girl I was seeing that since I opened the door for her, I was flirting with her. Mm. And I was like, just taken aback, but mm. is that what you perceive by opening the door? Like, So that's just their perception. But nowadays... You got to be careful, brother. Yeah, but I, <laughs> you got I, I to got, be careful. But I'm 25 at the time, and I'm a 32 year old sister I work with that we did have a little so and so. And she said, oh, oh, "Yeah, now? what's yeah. a so and so? You know, a little little <laughs> swinging around, you know, a little bit." Then you then you already violated your, yeah. your charm worked. No, I didn't. Well, it, it, I, I didn't say I pursued her. Oh, but bottom line is, <laughs> she told me. She said to me. You got to learn how to take a compliment. So when she said that to me, she was right because I didn't know how to take a compliment from a woman. I didn't know, you know, she was like, just be, you know, if a woman give you a compliment, just say thank you, blah, blah, blah. I was oh, you you know, like, blushing you, and all kinds of stuff. I was, yeah. I was immature. So even at 25. So, but when, when she said that, I took it as a way of people give people compliments and that's what it is it's not always nothing more yo brother you smell good that guy is good cologne man that's a nice suit you got on you told you no no, i'm just saying if a woman said that to me we're on the train yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i'm on the train i'm on the train i got lost yeah if i'm on the train and i I walk by a sister she said well you smell good brother you look good that's a compliment keep it rolling thank you my sister keep it rolling I don't, you know, sometimes you can feel when it's more than that. I can't. I don't, I don't know nothing. I'm saying, but some people, some people, one, some women, if you take a comp, give them a compliment, take it as you have an agenda. Okay. Some women do. I understand. I and agree. They, and I some men, when they're given an compliment, take it as an open door. I agree with that too. Rather than but just. But can it, it's both though, right? But it can't, because. If you turn you, it into. Yeah, if you turn it into that, okay. But I think that that's when it—that's kind of the fine line. I think is 
like, is this an open door? Or is this, does this person have an agenda? Or is it just a genuine compliment? One day I want to do a show. Mm-hmm. And I want my oldest daughter to be part of this. Well, we need to and do I'm going to tell you, and she's 30. And you know why? <laughs> because she said to me, we was in the grocery store. We were all in the grocery store. Me, her moms, and all. She said, Daddy, Mommy, I wonder if I could be like y'all. And I, we said, what? She said, the way y'all compliment outside people, the way y'all compliment how y'all deal with this. My my wife was a little bit more lenient. She, You understand what I'm saying? So she said, I don't know if I can do that. And her boyfriend was there at that particular time. Mm-hmm. And I told my daughter just like this. I said, you and him have a relationship. Y'all have to have a conversation and understand and respect one another. Me and your moms, mm-hmm. me and my wife, we have this understanding. I'm not a fool. If I'm driving a car and a guy walks by and he back then, you know, he got a six pack and you in the car and you try not to look. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? You know, if I wasn't sitting in this car, you would take a pee. Don't play that game. And she did the same thing with me. You know, that's a good looking woman. You know, I don't have a problem. Don't gawk. We real. See, that's what made our our relationship kind of authentic because we didn't run from realistic things we just respect one another okay and that worked we wind up meeting i wasn't down here we met a young lady in the in the florence mall years ago and it came off of a compliment that me and my wife said about her shoes and when we got up to her we gave her that compliment one thing led to another come to find out she had sickle cell we wanted to invite her to bikers weekend she brought her cousin and we became friends and that's how that happened a lot of people couldn't do what we do but that's what i come from and that was 32 years even though we had a bump later on in life it wasn't you know it was that was down the road mm-hmm. but that's what worked for us but you think that it goes the same way if you had met her alone because it probably doesn't probably does because I'm, you got to realize I'm in the media. I meet tons of women. I meet stars. I meet people. I meet them. And, and, and I've mentioned this before. I've met women at my daughter's school. That was challenging. I came home and told my wife and I was like, yo, this is so-and-so. And one time I had to call my wife. I was like, this is the time you got to come. And when she come and she would meet them, usually her personality would gel with them. And that would take that monkey off my back because now I know I can't be disrespectful. So that's how it worked for me because I was trying to be honest with it. But I had my way, my days, sometime when I wasn't, but I flirted and just kept it rolling. But try not to let anything where I put myself in trouble because I believe that I want to go home and sleep without looking over my shoulder. We want to take some time to thank Brother Fatim for joining the show. And that was just part one. We're going to finish the rest of this conversation on the lunch date this week, this Wednesday. So make sure that you tap in. Relationship status. Phoenix, CL, and Yusuf, we are out. Thank you for listening to another episode of Relationship Status. Remember, you can catch us on relationshipstatuspodcast.com, iTunes, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Pandora, 
Amazon Music, Nobody Grinds Like Us, and anywhere you listen to your favorite podcasts. If you would like to join the conversation or leave us a dear Nick, email us at R-E-L-S-T-A-T podcast at gmail.com or call us at 843-310-8637. Follow us on Facebook at Relationship Status Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter at R-E-L-S-T-A-T podcast. And don't forget to comment, share, five-star rate, subscribe, and review.